Especially during COVID, the most challenging issue was our staff are amazing. It's really putting the family first. Every family's experience is different and unique or different. And not being able to meet those needs because the Vancouver Hospice is a hurry choice. So the physical distancing component, having to wear masks, not being able to be physically demonstrative, not able to comfort in the same way was really, really difficult for our clinical team. So not being able to meet the needs of children and families in the way that they have before was really hard for them. I would say for the recreation team as well, they would be the people that would do all the artings, take the kids out to the zoo, the aquarium, science world, all those fun things. And suddenly all of that disappeared overnight. Strength, Drive, Innovation. Hey everyone, it's Matt here for another episode of Thinking Inside the Box, a show where we discuss complex issues related to work and culture by surfacing the latest scientific research and revealing best practices from organizations and their leaders globally. If you're interested in checking out our other content, you can find us at bentohr.com and wherever you find your favorite podcasts by searching Thinking Inside the Box. And if you enjoy the work we're doing here, consider leaving us a five-star rating, a comment, and subscribing. It ensures you get updated whenever we release new content and really helps amplify our message. In today's episode, I chat with Catherine Gordon, the Director of People and Culture at Canuck Place Children's Hospice, a Vancouver-based organization that supports patients from all over British Columbia and the Yukon on Canada's West Coast, many of whom live with life-threatening illnesses. In addition to inpatient and outpatient care, Connect Place operates 13 patient beds and eight family suites through two hospices alongside services that include medical respite and family support, pain and symptom management, 24-hour virtual care, music and recreation therapy, education and art, grief, loss, and bereavement counseling, as well as end-of-life care. It's an organization built on a foundation of caring one that perfectly suits Catherine. Originally from Northern Ireland, Catherine worked in London, UK for eight years before immigrating to Vancouver, BC in 2005. And in her most recent role at Canuck Place, she's drawn upon years of experience in recruitment, legal, technology, environmental, healthcare, and not-for-profit sectors. I originally met Catherine through GROW, an HR mastermind program I co-developed with Enrique Rubio at Hacking HR. Catherine quickly differentiated herself as a senior leader who led from the heart, and navigating 2020 and 2021 with her as part of our inaugural cohort was a real privilege. This was the jumping off point for our discussion, though we also spoke at length about the great work happening at Canuck Place. I was curious how her team supported the professionals tasked, in turn, with supporting some of the province's most vulnerable children, how they've adapted in the pandemic in a healthcare setting, and what adaptations they've been able to bring forward as best practices. It's always fun chatting with Catherine. This was no exception. And I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did recording it. And now I bring you Catherine Gordon. I say this a lot, and I usually mean it, Catherine. But in this case, I really mean it. I'm really excited for this conversation. It's been a long time since we last chatted. How are you? I'm really well. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. Now, I have the privilege of having known you for at least a few years now, but for those who may not know Catherine Gordon, maybe walk us a bit through your background, your experiences, and what led you to today. 
Sure. So as you can probably tell from my accent, I'm from Belfast, Northern Ireland originally. So though I've had a complete career in HR, I did my degree in Byzantine studies and ancient history, which really sets you up for future career growth. So after my degree, I moved to London, UK, and I worked there for eight years before emigrating to Vancouver, BC, 17 years ago now. It's flown by. I work for a recruitment agency. I work for two massive global law firms. And then I really decided that nonprofit was my passion. And so I moved to that in London and worked for Medical Alert Foundation there. And then when I moved to Vancouver, I couldn't get a role in nonprofit as a new immigrant with no Canadian experience. So I originally worked for a tech company for three years based in the US to make casino games. And then moved to a regulatory body and supporting teachers before moving to the David Suzuki Foundation Environmental Charity for seven years and ending up at Canuck Place Children's Hospice nearly five years ago now. That's me in a snapshot. You in a nutshell. I appreciate it. And I, I want to get into some of those specific experiences that you had. But before we get into the details, I'm always curious. You're a really brilliant woman who's passionate, capable, and you've done amazing things throughout your career. And you've obviously chosen a career of service, working with not-for-profits, working for social causes. I'm just curious, what's the driving force for you behind some of those decisions? I think for me, HR people and culture is really just caring about people. So I do feel this role in this career is a privilege that you see people at their best and support them through the most difficult times in their lives. That just makes the work meaningful no matter what organization you work for. And when your values align with the organization you're with, it's just a joy to be here, especially where I am now. Well, and where you are now is a really special place. Uh, no pun intended, but Canuck Place is an institution in the Vancouver market. It's been around for many, many years. For those who may not be familiar with the organization, maybe say say a few words about what Canuck Place is, its mission, its vision, uh, and how you support the organization on your day-to-day. So Canuck Place Children's Hospice is the only provider of pediatric palliative care in BC and the Yukon. So we've been around for only 28 years, coming up in November. We have two physical hospices, one in Vancouver and one outside Vancouver and Abbotsford. We support children and families through every stage of their journey. Uh, from pre-birth diagnosis to graduation of our program at 19. All our children have in common is they have life-threatening, limiting life illnesses. So 93 distinct conditions. We have about 830 children in our program. And really, Canuck Place is all about just giving families choices. So where would they like to be cared for, whether that's hospital, hospice, at home, in their community, what do they need? Um, we have a 24-hour helpline to support families. A lot of our children never actually come to a physical location because they prefer to be at home with the people that love them. So it's really about supporting families, giving them choices, and supporting them through the most difficult times in their lives. And that often people think children's hospice, the work is hard, but there's a lot of enjoyment and fun too because it's all about the kids. So we've had Spider-Man climbing up the building. We have Santa Claus every Christmas. We have summer camps. We have winter family festival. We have music and recreation therapy. We have a lot of fun things for the children so they can feel that they're living their full quality lives. And it's all about the small moments within that, which is reflected in how we care for employees as well. Well, and it's a wonderful place. And as you mentioned, rewarding work on a number of fronts. 
And I know that it goes beyond supporting the children themselves, that you spend a lot of time thinking about the broader family unit, whether that's parents or siblings or the extended unit beyond that. How does the organization provide support to the broader family in times of more challenge? So we provide uh, pain and symptom management. Uh, so we provide 20 days of respite to families so they can come and be with their child in house in hospice and just be a parent because often they're really a caregiver and it just gives them time to have that parental role, knowing that our nurses are there to support or they can leave their children with us feeling secure that we know them really well. They're going to get lots of pictures of their child having fun while they take a break, which is much needed. We also provide end-of-life support um, for those difficult moments, and we provide grief counselling to siblings, parents, and grandparents up to three years after a child's passing as well. So it really is about community. No one knows what you're going through more than another family. I can't imagine the challenge for, you mentioned the employees. Obviously, these are some miracle workers, some really special people that have chosen to spend a lot of their time and energy and passion supporting their clients, supporting each other. 2020 wasn't that long ago, Catherine, and it was a challenge on a number of fronts for many different types of people. You and I got connected actually originally during that year as part of the GROW program with Hacking HR, a group where HR professionals came together, first under the auspices of development and career pathing, but soon became kind of a support group of sorts. And I think about the people in your organization that were often called upon to care for other individuals. 2020 was a challenging time. I'd love to hear from your perspective. What were those first few months? Do you think about spring of 2020? What was life like at Canucks Place as you guys were trying to navigate the ambiguities of a global pandemic that many of us just didn't know where it had come from, where it was going, and how it affected our day-to-day lives? So I'd say we were really lucky um, because our director of clinical program, Christina Boyer, had actually worked through the SARS pandemic in Toronto, and she built up a lot of her expertise um, to support us during the pandemic. I think the first thing we did really to support employees um, was to give paid COVID leave. So obviously with our vulnerable patient population, even if you have a cold or any kind of flu-like symptoms, you can't come to work. So we replicate sick leave based on hospitals, but being able to offer paid COVID leave that if you were near someone who was contagious, if you were able to care for a family member and just knowing that you had that paid security to take the time that you needed, I think was really important. And we had that in place by the end of March, 2020. So that reassurance was great. To be honest, we didn't really know what was going to happen. Um, we are a nonprofit. We are quite small. We have 175 staff. And it really was our amazing donors who saw us through. So they recognized how important the work we do is. And we didn't have to do layoffs. We didn't have to reduce salaries. We didn't have to reduce ours. We were able to actually improve our benefit to offer increases to support our staff during this time. And we saw them struggling with their partners, losing their jobs, having their hours decrease, that time of uncertainty. And we really bonded together as a little work community to care for each other during that. And we had our new um, head of technology join us literally a week before. And we were quite old-fashioned. It was very much an on-site physical presence. So basically within a week, he had everybody set up who was non-direct care to work from home. So, I mean, he did an amazing job to do that so quickly and make sure that our operations weren't impacted. And I think what we really learned was you can still connect with people virtually, show care and support. One of the things we've kept is virtual town halls because we are 24-7. We do have people that work shift work and now we're able to record them 
Um, I used to do those in person, which meant lots of people weren't able to come. So there's some learnings we've kept from the pandemic that we're not going to lose. Well, it sounds like you got the best of both worlds in a way. I mean, obviously those first few months, first few weeks are really challenging, but bravo to you and the organization more broadly for bringing into place some best practices. I mean, you talked about paid leave, paid COVID leave. I mean, I can't think about, again, individuals that are sacrificing so much of themselves and obviously have lots of concern for patients, but then they have their concern about their families as well. And, you know, I have the privilege of knowing many healthcare professionals who really were struggling with the guilt of going to work and coming home, obviously rate of exposures and risk of exposures being much higher. Um, And then you layer on top of it, just the, of course, the innocence of youth and all the challenges. I mean, these children didn't choose for a pandemic to occur and you don't want to impact their services. You don't want to impact the care that they receive. So, you know, great job by the organization and bringing home some of those best practices. You know, we've had a chance to connect offline. I'd be curious to hear a bit more about some other cool things you guys have been able to bring to Canuck Place, whether it's for patients or in, in your realm for employees. What kind of things have you brought in to, to, to bear as you've learned and evolved during the course of the last several years? I would say Canuck Place has always been a caring culture. Um, we recently got a compassionate company certification, which shouldn't really be surprising for a hospice. But I think the care we show for children and families is respected in how we care for staff. So we really recognize we're predominantly female, um, just because we're nonprofit and healthcare. And a lot of people are in that age generation, so they're caring for young children and aging elderly parents as well. So we have a lot of caregiver leave. We got pet special leave, compassionate leave, bereavement leave. We reflect our values. And sadly, we have had staff who've lost children and we offer 15 pet weeks in recognition of that circumstance. We have grandparent leave that we just brought in. So recognizing, again, that community aspect and how important grandparents are when there's a new addition to the family, whether through adoption or birth. So we're really looking at ways to support staff. Um, We're trying to really encourage staff to come forward and ask for support. Obviously, with what we do, the work is hard. And it's hard for the clinical team in particular, but also the housekeeping facilities for services teams because they're on site as well. And they're often not as used to someone who's chosen to be a nurse and actively will seek out that support and ask um, for more benefits and care. We're trying to really encourage those teams to come forward and get support as well because they interact so much with the families. They make such a difference when the families stay in house to their experience that we want them to feel cared for and supported as well. So there is a wellness committee that's really just focused on mental health. They offer mental health first aid. We have 60 staff taking the psychologically safe leader method um, through Mindful Employer. And it really gives people tools and resources to have difficult conversations and to talk to each other and offer feedback in a way that feels safe and respectful and really care for each other and come from that place of caring and everything that they do. It speaks to, to your point, the broader culture of caring in the organization. And I'm sure that it goes without saying, but that's the kind of care that they extend to their own clients. And, you know, I come from a background that's very different than the children's hospice care, retail, transportation, hospitality, where we have, you know, we espouse many of the same principles. If you treat your employees well, they'll go on to treat their clients. Um, At the same time, we know that there's some challenges that as you try and adapt and shift and ebb and flow, I know that there was obviously some tough times And I'm curious about how the organization, your team responds to challenging situations with that overarching 
know, approach to care, how you tackle some of the more sensitive, nuanced, and challenging issues. Hey everyone, it's Matt here. I hope you're enjoying today's discussion. And before we continue, I wanted to make you aware of my latest creative project, This Week at Work. Presented in partnership with my good friend, Chris Rainey of HR Leaders, each Friday, we'll live stream on LinkedIn at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, that's 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and 3 p.m. GMT for our European viewers, and together bring you the latest trends, news on topics emanating from organizations, everything from culture to technology, and the future of work. Joining is easy. Just follow me on LinkedIn, click the bell at the top right-hand side of my profile, and you'll get notified when we go live each week. And whether you do experience the content live or later, if you've been following me for a while, you'll no doubt recognize the fun banter Chris and I have developed over the years. And whether it's been podcasts or digital events, we're so excited to again bring you the topics affecting today's workplaces and their leaders. And now, back to our discussion. I'd say particularly during COVID, the most challenging issue was our staff are amazing. It's really putting the family first. Every family's experience is different and unique or different. And not being able to meet those needs because um, the Vancouver hospice is a hurry choice. So the physical distancing component, having to wear masks, not being able to be physically demonstrative, not able to comfort in the same way was really, really difficult for our clinical team. So not being able to meet the needs of children and families in the way that they have before was really hard for them. I would say for the recreation team as well, they would be the people that would do all the outings, take the kids out to the zoo, the aquarium, science world, all those fun things. And suddenly all of that disappeared overnight. So their ability to be creative and find ways to care differently and to still offer the same range of activities. We have an in-house school room as well. So that moving to virtual and offering support that way. I think, again, it was recognizing how difficult it was for our staff and looking at our benefits package with that as well. So we offer $1,500 in counseling. We implemented a health and wellness flexible spending account up to $1,000 a year as well, because this isn't a normal workplace. The rules that they have aren't typical. They really need that additional support. And that acknowledgement that we needed to do something concrete and practical to support, as well as having a safe, respectful, caring workplace, was essential to keep them going as well. And what about your team? I mean, I know you have a small and mighty team of HR professionals. Oftentimes, HR is called upon to support people, in your case, supporting people that are supporting people that need support. And I'm assuming whether it's talent acquisition or learning and development or employee relations or compensation and benefits, that your programs are being stretched to their max, that you're having to adjust them on the fly, and many of your employees having similar challenges. I'm curious about, as an HR leader, having been through your own ups and downs, what kind of approach to leadership that you brought to your team during the more difficult periods of the last several years? So we started off with just two of us. So my colleague is responsible for compensation and recruitment. She's amazing. And she's doing a master's in counseling. So she's actually brought a lot of her experience through that program and her connections to support Connect Place. So for example, she connected us with a wonderful woman called Vicki Reynolds, who did some workshops with us on trauma-informed work, how to support each other. It's not about the work, it's all those other things. So those personal aspects of work. And I think her acknowledging that and people feeling seen and heard was really helpful. 
And then we hired another amazing colleague during the pandemic. And what was helpful to me was that we were able to meet up outside in parks and coffee shops. We weren't allowed to be together inside during the pandemic. So we kept those connections going. My colleagues are just amazing. I had someone talk to me last week saying, you do know how lucky you are to have both of them as your team. So they make me look good. They're just lovely, caring, intelligent, wonderful people with different perspectives and ideas. I couldn't be more grateful for their support during this. And I would say at Canuck Place, often HR, I think, gets a bad rap. It's all about policy and administration and terminations. And at Canuck Place, we're really clear, we're here to care for you so you can care for children and families. So we've got stay interviews, we've got career check-ins, we do lots of one-to-ones, we've got a book club, we've got betting meetings, we go in as often as possible just to connect and have a coffee, to build that trust and relationship. So people come to us at an early stage of their art problems, and we can be proactive immediately to support them. And it's never from a disciplinary place, it's always from a place of care and support to try and look, look after everybody in that process. And it's been working really well. I know that you're big on the idea of community. It's one of the first things that bonded us together in March of 2020, might have been February of 2020. When you originally joined the GROW program, I know a big part of the motivation for your doing so was to find and connect with other HR leaders around the world who could share best practices, but also provide support during some of those more difficult, challenging periods of time. You know, I'd be curious if you would mind just providing a bit of a synopsis, a bit of a summary on, you know, what was your experience like in GROW? And as you thought about the course of the last several years, what have you been able to get from the program, whether that's relationships or knowledge or lessons? You know, what was that program, what did that program mean to you as you kind of spent the last several years going through all those uh, trials and tribulations? I would say the group came along at just the right time. So it gave a global perspective, which is really interesting, given that we're all going through COVID at the same time, added fresh ideas and perspectives. The expert speakers were fantastic, an opportunity to have a two-way conversation with them and really learn and think about how to bring some of those aspects into our own organizations, connecting with people on LinkedIn, also supporting people that unfortunately didn't have the same positive experience that I had. And there were layoffs. There were people looking for new roles, seeing how Grow helped them find new positions through those connections and networks was fantastic. I think HR is a really special community because we all want to share what we've learned. And if one person's successful, we're all successful. So nobody's hiding information. Everybody wants everyone else to learn and grow together and support each other. And Grow was fantastic for that. So Catherine, thankfully, we're mostly through this pandemic. You mentioned that you've been able to adopt many of the best practices that you came across during the course of the last several years. But I'm curious, have things returned to some form of normal at Connect Place and with your team? We are grateful that we're not able to offer the in-person services more again. We were offering it for end of life. We've had more families to feel comfortable coming back into the hospice for that respite care. And it's really nice as a non-frontline worker, able to go back into the hospice and see colleagues. We're able to hug each other again. We are quite a huggy work environment, which is lovely. And it's nice, especially being an HR, when people do come up and hug you and are pleased to see you. So it's been really lovely able to go back into those three physical locations. We are still operating on a hybrid model in terms of staff that don't need to be there in terms of frontline staff. So our 
what we've the approach we've taken is four days a month at a physical location to connect with colleagues. We don't want you to come in and sit on Zoom all day. We've had people that never left an office environment. They came in every day. We have people who went completely remote and we have people in the middle. And I think just recognizing different people's needs and why they need that has been really helpful in retaining staff and attracting staff as well. And now we have a couple of positions that are completely remote and from different locations in Canada because that works for us as well. And I think that flexibility is key moving forward to keep us successful. And what's next for you, speaking of moving forward? What's next on the plan? I mean, obviously, some rest and relaxation, I hope, but some more connection. Like, what's next for Catherine Gordon and the broader team at Connect Place? Um, so I've just finished a disability management certification with my colleague, Stephanie. We really wanted to take this um, certification to support employees returning to work or going off homework for various leaves, whether physical or mental health related. We've just completed 25 on-demand modules. We're having wine to celebrate next week. And then we're starting a mental health certification as well um, shortly after that. And I'm also doing Maslow leadership coaching. So I've done... Um, part of the executive coaching component of it. And I'm going to be doing the culture coaching piece in September. So really it's looking at how to grow my skill set to support Connect Place better and to get more of a network in the community as well. Catherine, thank you so much for your time. I know you're really busy with, among other things, learning programs, but of course a full-time job supporting some of our heroes in the local community here in Vancouver. Thanks so much for your time today, your thoughts, your perspectives, and looking forward to uh, continuing the chat offline. Great. Thank you. And if anybody's interested, please check out connectplace.org. We're always looking for volunteers. We've got lots of vacancies and always looking for donors. Thank you. Ento HR is a digital transformation consultancy working at the intersection of strategy, technology, and people operations. We partner with organizations, private equity, and venture capital firms to accelerate value creation and identify the organization's highest leverage initiatives. And this can take place in many forms, from strategic planning and alignment to technology procurement, implementation, and integration, along with organizational design, process reengineering, and change management. With our proven track record of working with complex, high-growth organizations, we provide a lens that goes beyond the balance sheet, increasing enterprise readiness, resilience, and value. For more information, check us out at bentohr.com.